There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah, I got some shit to say tonight. So let me uh, see. Tonight's the night when my headphones don't work and, you know, all of a sudden. Of course. Yeah. Everything yeah. goes to shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Disney Plus don't want to queue up my man's favorite movie while he in there trying to sleep oh. while I'm podding. You know, like, tonight ain't the night for me. But I'm going to make it my night. You know why? Because I get paid to do what I love every single Sunday. Was it Tuesday and Thursday? And this week is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be doing Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday podcasts after each one of these Bulls playoff games. And Lord knows we want there to be more than four of these joints, right? What episode are we on, my man? Episode 91. Episode 91. Damn. 9-1. 90 more than I thought was going to happen. Hey, let me take this. Let me take these headphones off because they can't hear me. All right. I can't hear them. There it is. All right. I can hear you better now, Jesse. Let's let's jump right into this. Welcome into episode 91 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Golf, brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. No matter what you thought, heard, or read otherwise, Spotify is the gang. 
I was told that I don't say hello to a lot of people on this podcast. I just jump in here and start going crazy, start talking crazy. Next thing you know, a couple jokes come out, a couple curse words, a couple musical references, and then you hear my son's voice, and then we out this piece. All right, well, thank you. Thank you. And, and shout out to all the people who listen to this podcast. Um, I usually shout y'all out at the end of the podcast, but at this one, I don't know if I'm going to have the voice to be able to do it at the end of this one. So shout out to the penny candy lady on your block. There has to be one. If you don't have a penny candy lady on your block, your neighborhood is ass. All right. So shout out to the penny candy lady. Shout out to all of our, uh, our, our mail carriers out there. Right. Like the people who have to brave the Chicago spring because <laughs> it's still winter. But people who have to brave the Chicago spring to, to make sure that we get our packages. Shout out to the streets and sands people. Shout out to the teachers out there uh, and, and shout out to all the people just trying to get through their day. Appreciate you so much for jumping in and hanging out with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you, you happen to be here with us right here on the Full Go podcast. All right. Game one is over. I, 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 I was doing 80. Right on 94, trying to get home to make sure that Jesse Lopez can catch this heat. Because boy, oh boy, the Bulls should have won that goddamn game. It's as simple as that. If there was a game that you were supposed to win, it was going to be game one of this joint. And guess what? You blew it. You missed your opportunity. Shout out to my man, Casey Johnson, who uh, repeatedly asked the missed opportunity question in the presser, the post-game presser, that is. He asked it of Billy Donovan. He asked it of Zach Levine, and he asked of DeMar DeRozan. And if there was anybody else to ask, I, I, I was hoping that he was going to be able to ask them too. There is no way in hell that you turn the Milwaukee Bucks over. How many times they turn them over, Jesse? I think it was 20, 21 times. I got the box score right here. I don't even need to ask, Jesse. I just asked my computer. Like I've been asking my computer for the last, you know, two days that I haven't seen Jesse. I don't know why I need to lean on Jesse right now as a crutch. He just came in here trying to shepherd my dumb ass through another episode. They had 20-plus turnovers, and you got 15 points off of them. Bulls had an opportunity to win a game, and it's the, the, the game one is the one that you have to take. That's the one where you, maybe a team's been off too long, 10-day layoff, right? Um, they're, they're the reigning champs, so they know the journey that they're about to have to go on. They know how to ramp it up. Maybe they haven't ramped it up yet. Maybe you could steal game one. They came out on a 9-0 run. And this is the thing that I've, I've been worried about coming into this series. They're going to be the Milwaukee Bucks' unstoppable runs, the, the swings of emotion, the, the shot making, the defense that turns into offense, that turns into uh, a Giannis Antetokounmpo dunk, that turns into everybody going crazy in a five-serve form. That happened in the beginning of the game. Out the gate, nine to nothing. That turned to 21 to nine. And I'm sitting around looking around like, hey, what the, what the hell is happening here? Are, are the Bulls going to answer? You know, I, when we came into it, FanDuel had them at 10 and a half, I believe, 10 and a half point underdogs. So there was nobody in Vegas who really thought the Bulls were going to keep this joint close. And the start of this game, people were right. Uh, I, you, you ain't supposed to be counting your money early on in the game, but it seemed like that money was countable. And it seemed like the over was going to happen too. I think the over under was 230 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And both those things did not come true because the Chicago Bulls pissed away a golden opportunity, no pun intended, to snatch a game from these dudes. They didn't shoot well. They turned the ball over time after time. Chris Middleton was horrible. And, and some of this has to do with the Bulls, by the way. Like, you know, they, the, the Bucs weren't out there playing against air. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. 
The Bulls play defense like they haven't played defense in the last month, month and a half of basketball. The problem was they played offense the way that they played over the last month and a half of basketball as well. And when playoff defenses tighten up on you, especially reigning champion defenses, you see it. Now, at the end of this game, shot, score, situation, 89-86, 14 seconds left on the shot clock, 30 seconds left on the game clock. Zach Levine taking a 28-foot three-point shot off the dribble. Sometimes the shot that he hits, but in that moment, that was the shot where you go, you know how you go, no, 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 yes, and you get paid off for a bad shot? Well, guess what? This was the no, 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 no. And Zach Levine, I think, had an all-around pretty decent game as far as this game goes. Because 6 for 19, you say, all right, he's usually an efficient scorer, Jay. What the hell is going on? I'm not even going to put it on his knee anymore, man. That man went out there and, and defended, I think, at a higher level than we're used to seeing. He rebounded at a higher level than we're used to seeing. The shot making wasn't there. And that's what's going to happen in these playoff games. I'm so happy that Zach Levine and this team got their first taste of playoff basketball together. Alex Caruso doing it with the Lakers, of course. Your main man, DeMar DeRozan, doing it with the, the Spurs and doing it with the Toronto Raptors before. Those don't matter. It doesn't matter until you do it with the squad that you're running with. Nikola Vucevic doing it, what, twice in 12 playoff games with the Orlando Magic? None of that matters until you do it with the people that you are running with currently. And they got a chance to see how and who they can lean on. And I, I, I will tell you like this, that Milwaukee Bucks team tonight was gettable. That team, that was a winnable game that a team with more experience, um, a little bit more um, uh, of a matchup and, and, and offensive shot IQ wins that game, to be honest with you. Because there was a time there where Vooch was cooking in that second half. And DeMar DeRozan kept searching for his shot, kept searching for his game. And I get it. There's a guy that knows he's going to have to bring the fourth quarter home He's, he's had done that for 70-plus games this season. There's no reason it was going to have to change in the, in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. But you got to read the script. And the script was laid out there for you. Nobody on that Bucks team, when Nikola Vucevic put his head down or put his back to the basket, could stop him from either getting to where he wanted to get on the floor to get a good jump hook or get a, a layup. He blew a lot of layups tonight, too, by the way. And I'm sure the layups are very happy about that. But no. This man got his, he sealed, he pinned and sealed the defensive player of the year candidate in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo under the basket and got him a couple of times. Brooke Lopez, anytime he took it to Brooke Lopez's chest, he got a bucket. The problem is you can't have Nikola Vucevic going two for 10 from the three-point arc, right? You can't force them into 20-plus turnovers and only get 15 points off those turnovers. I know they do a great job of the, the Bucks win off a few things. Knocking down open jump shots off of compromised defenses, collapsing on guys like Drew Holiday, collapsing on guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that's why Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis and those kind of cats can get open looks. They do that as well as anybody else in the game. They also defend and run the break better than anybody in the game. I believe they're 
leading the league, if I'm not mistaken, coming into this game at fast break points and third in the league at defending the fast break or limiting fast break points. So they don't turn it over a lot. When they do turn it over, they got so much length that if they haul ass back, they've already built the wall of a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo next to a guy like Bobby Porter. So next to a guy like Brooke Lopez in front uh, or behind, I should say, a guy like Drew Holiday. Right? You're talking about premier defenders, and if not premier defenders, you've got some heft and some length back there in Brooke Lopez, who could change a shot or two at the rim. So the fact that the Bulls couldn't... The, the Bulls' pace pissed me off all night long. Bulls walked that ball up way too many times tonight and shot way too many open... Well, I don't want to say open jump shots, but some of them were open, but too many jump shots on the break too many opportunities that weren't capitalized off the turnovers. When you go and try to beat the reigning champions, it's kind of like a title fight. Yeah, you take that shit to the, to the 12th round, you're in trouble. You got to beat the champion. And what happened tonight? The Bulls took the champion to the 12th round and in a situation where Patrick Williams has a clear box out, a clear box out that should be called an over-the-back foul and the sixth foul of the night for Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't go that way. Now, this is the other thing, too. I don't know if Billy Donovan had challenges or not if he had them because he had them, but I don't know if challenges were in play. But, man, if they were, that's going to be one that comes back and haunts you. And, and like I said, I don't know if they were in play because, you know, I'm not the basketball survivor. I'm not one of these dudes who understands all the rules, knows all the rules while they're going on. Somebody's going to have to fill me in on it because challenges and all this other stuff changes all the time and what's replayable, what's reviewable. Okay? But Giannis Antetokounmpo got the MVP call in that moment. Patrick Williams gets the foul for boxing out perfectly. Just the little things. The little things. There were three possessions in a row where it was a missed shot, missed shot, then a Giannis Antetokounmpo turnover. The Bulls didn't capitalize on any of those possessions in the third quarter when they had a four-point lead, and they got the lead by going to Nikola Vucevic. There's a couple of things at, pe- at play here. DeMar DeRozan gets his points, and I've been saying this all season long. He gets his points in similar areas that Nikola Vucevic gets his points. So when they go 1-5, I'm sorry, 3-5, <laughs> and sometimes 4-5 because DeMar DeRozan was playing a lot of power forward tonight. But when they go 3-5 or 4-5 pick and roll with he and Vooch, man, this is, a, this is a thing where it's like DeMar directing or telling Vooch where he wants to go get his offense at now. Yeah, man, pop out there. If they come with me, then you got the shot. But if they don't come with me, I'm going right to the spot that you usually like to go to and launch him. And he's, he's played well. He's played fantastically throughout the season. But once again, getting back to reading the script of the game, the game was telling DeMar DeRozan to do something different. And DeMar DeRozan said he wouldn't pass up any of those shots that he took tonight. Man, 6 for 25, right? And not only 6 for 25, there were too many moments where DeMar DeRozan, to me, should have gave that ball to Nikola Vucevic. Now, he's, I've said it all year long, master class in, 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 in jump shots. Masterclass in offensive basketball, masterclass in, in just understanding angles and being a crafty veteran and doing the things that he does to get 27 points, 26 points a game in his 12th or 13th year in the NBA, his highest scoring average in, in his career. He's been outstanding this year. But there have been moments throughout the season where DeMar DeRozan maybe didn't read the game as well as he would have liked to have read it. And I think one of those moments happened tonight. In that, in that spurt where there was a three or four possession run where the Bulls had a four-point lead, that that thing could have been a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-point lead. 
That's a big difference. When the Bulls were down 85-80, I turned to Kendall Gill and Will Perdue. I said, these five points feel like 10. Nobody could hit a damn shot this game. Nobody was hitting from the field. There were so many missed open jump shots. Felt like the, almost, no, I can say it. Felt like the goddamn NCAA tournament. So in those moments, when nobody could hit a shot, understanding, evaluating, and deciding on the matchup that you want for your team offensively is is of premium, of optimal importance. And too many times, the Bulls just gave away possessions to a team you can't do that with. We we talked about, you got to get this dude in foul trouble. You got to junk up the game on this level. You got to press him on this level. You got to pick him up 94 feet here. Hey, man, we ain't talking about two teams that's even. So when you play them relatively evenly throughout the game, oh, fam, especially in the closing moments, you're going to need to understand who the hell is getting buckets and why they're getting buckets. You also want to have to understand time score situation as well, which I think, you know, Zach has all the confidence in the world. He said what he'll, he'll take that shot 10 times out of 10. He mentioned that he, he liked the looks that he got. Of course he liked the looks that he got. He's an uber-confident player. There's a reason why NBA players get to those podiums and can't tell you, man, I really should have turned down that shot. Oh, I really wasn't confident in that. You know why? Because for the last 20 some odd years of their life, they've been confident in every shot they've ever taken. That's how they got here. So I don't begrudge them in thinking that. Where I do begrudge them is when you go back and look at it, if you make the same decision in game two or game three. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 27 and 16 tonight. I don't think he played fantastically. I don't. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo was average, average Giannis. Which, by the way, states his greatness. Like, <laughs> the fact that 27-16 on 10-19 and shooting, a few blocks, you know, a couple steals, you know, changing shots at the rim, kicking out for threes that were missed by guys who usually hit open threes, being the, the, the dominant defensive anchor on a, on a squad that's probably going to try to win another championship again this year. I'm not saying anything uh, begrudgingly towards his game. Just saying, Giannis, we've seen better Giannis games. And boy, do I have a feeling. And we're about to see one of those better Giannis games in game two because the, the, the worst part, well, one of the worst parts about this game is that you got their attention, but they got a W out of it, right? Like usually when you get a team's attention, you see dudes fuming with that blue play. By the way, you, I, I'm so happy the playoffs back because now, we get the blue playoff screen in the background, right? For all these interviews, you get playoffs presented by whatever, whatever. You know, back in the day, it used to just be NBA playoffs with the year next to it. You look at the screen like, oh, shit, they didn't put the bums away. Yeah, buddy. You get that blue screen behind you. Hey, podium, press, like post-game podiums in the playoffs were an event. 
when I was out there covering the Bulls, they were an event. Which two dudes you sent into the presser to, to answer for or to be um, congratulated, right? Which two? Because you go in there and everybody's milling around. They're like, all right, Derek ain't going to talk to nobody because he's getting ready to go to the you know podium, right? So you don't even look at Derek. Oh, Luol ain't talking to nobody because he's getting ready. Oh, no, no, Joe Keem had a great game. It's going to be Joe and Derek. Oh, no, no, oh, look at that. Rip Hamilton hit a few shots tonight. It's going to be Rip Hamilton and Derek. Like, post-game playoff pressers are a moment. They're, they're an opportunity to look into a team's soul. And DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine stared the camera straight in the face and said, this is a game that we should win. There were missed opportunities. Billy Donovan talked about where they were defensively and how they were up in people's grills tonight. Like Alex Caruso, the defense that he played, not only on Chris Middleton, but on Drew Holiday, on Giannis Antetokounmpo a couple of times, a few times, actually, possessions where he was lined up against Alex Caruso. Yo, <laughs> Wise made a, a joke on Twitter about Alex Caruso and how he was everywhere. Uh, too bad he isn't playing as good as Taylor Horton Tucker, right? And I knew what he was getting at. He was taking a shot at what's happening with the Lakers right now. And shout out to THT, right? Simeon product, Chicago kid, got the deal. Obviously, something's, something's got to, you know, be blamed on the Lakers' struggles. Right? It's Frank Vogel, THT, right? Austin Reeves. It ain't going to be LeBron James and Anthony Davis because <laughs> they'll ship your ass. Don't forget Russell there. Westbrook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can forget about Russell. Russell's like, yo, 40, was it 47 next year? Go ahead and press that button now, baby. 47 million. All right. Y'all can boo all you want. I am in my hometown collecting $47 million. Huh? Which would hey, kiss my ass and don't spare the crack. You feel me? That's how Russell moved. And that's how he's moved when he didn't have the money. What you think he's going to do now that he's at the end of his career? Kidding me? Right? But THT is the one to blame. Frank Vogel's the one to blame. Alex Caruso is a dude who teams need. But the problem is, much like the Thad Young situation a couple years in a row, certain guys are too important. And there were moments tonight where Alex Caruso needed to knock down a shot. And, you know, he's... Dealing with back issues, uh, his struggle with his shot, you know, post All Star break, post injury, um, not putting too much on his plate. It's just there were there were little moments throughout this one where you're like, ah, if that shot is made or if that extra pass is made. I mean, hell, Patrick Williams didn't register a statistic for the first rotation of the game when he subbed out of the game. He had a Tony Snell, fam. He had a zero 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 with seven minutes played. You know, shout out to Tony the God. He did that in, like, I think, like 28, 29 minutes played on a basketball court for 30 minutes in a professional game. And you don't register a stat? You are a legend. Fuck that. Like, Tony Snell is a legend, right? Legend at the bank, too, by the way. Y'all keep making all these Chase Daniel jokes. And, yeah, go ahead and look at Tony Snell's, uh, you know, career earnings. In fact, Jesse, what? how much money has Tony Snell, former Chicago Bull, former Milwaukee Buck, right? former Atlanta Hawk. How much money has Tony Snell made? Okay? Because, you know, this is, this is a man who I, I'm, I'm basing this stat off of, getting the, the quadruple zero. How much money has he made? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to shit on Tony too tough, but I also want to highlight the fact that uh, the man has pulled in a, a decent amount of coin in his time in the NBA. 
All right. So looking it up, over nine seasons played, he's made on just NBA contracts $52,663,234. God bless America, boy. God. Hey, P. Will, you, hey, you put up a quadruple zero again in the first half or in the first quarter of your first rotation. Hey, you can always make $52 million. <laughs> Again, I've gone through every emotion on the drive home. I mean, I'm screaming at the television. I'm bent over in a defensive stance, you know, next to Kendall Gill, who's all, always in the defensive stance, right? We watching screaming shit at the television. Like, it was, it felt good. It felt good. It felt good to watch a playoff game with your favorite team in it. And Bulls fans, I know the end of this season has seemed shitty. Right, I know the end of this season. You, you're sitting like, how many people can get hurt? Right, like, why does Vooch keep shooting all these threes? Is Demar Derozan are, are his legs wearing out? Oh man, Zach Levine, he's up for two hundred million dollars and a new contract, and and we're worried about his knees. What's going on with Lonzo Ball? Did Io DeSumo hit a rookie wall? Alex Caruso hadn't been the same since Grayson Allen threw him from the air. Right, Nikola Vucevic, what's happening with him? All those things were in play coming into this game. And everybody saw it. Everybody, the Milwaukee Bucks saw it. The rest of the NBA saw it. Hell, J.J. Redick, who thought this team was the number six seed when they were at number one, he he ended up being right. Like everybody who's talked about this team throughout this process or throughout this uh, season has been right at some point in time. And now we're in the playoffs watching this team. And all I can say is bravo on the defensive end, bravo on the competitive end, but I'll be damned. If I'm going to sit here and watch y'all go 6 for 19, 6 for 25, and 9 for 27 and congratulate people about, you know, good luck or good try, moral victories. Hell no, man. Bulls should be up one to nothing heading into Wednesday with all the pressure on that team in five-serve form to try to make sure they get home court advantage back. You woke this team up and you got an L. That's a tough proposition. Take it back to the lab. You understood understood what you did wrong, but you got to take it back to the lab. Vooch, if I see, and I have, I'm not this dude. Kendall Gill is this guy. I love KG to death, but KG is the get off my basketball lawn dude. That dude, when 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 big players start shooting too many threes, you're going to hear KG's mouth. And throughout the year, I ride that wave like, okay, man, like, yeah, yeah, but certain players, this is their game. He's right about Vooch, man. He's right. Hell, Steve Cerruti was right about Vooch. A long-time Orlando Magic fan, our guy Steve Cerruti, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Take your big ass in the post, bro. Take your big ass in the lane. Get the ball while you're on the move. Let's not fuck around with this two for ten ever again from the three. Like, so many looks. So many looks that could have been one dribble in. Knock yourself down an 18 footer, 17 footer, or repost. There was a couple of times where Drew Holiday, and Drew Holiday, by the way, is such a beautiful player to watch defensively, especially. That man understands where he should be angled. You ever, you ever go out with a, with a dude, right? Fellas, if you're listening out there, you ever go out with your, your guy, and, and you, you know, you got different people that you go out with, right? You got the guy who you go out with, like, all right. Three drinks in, this dude, we're going to have to put his ass in a cab or put his ass in a Uber. So he ain't about to be out here embarrassing us in the second leg of what we got planned tonight, right? Like, some dudes can't make it past that first bar. Some dudes can't make it past the dinner. 
where you go, ah, man. Sometimes you even lie to them like, ah, man, I'm about to call it one because you can see it in their eyes. You don't trust them. You know they're a liability. Uh, Only their wives or their girlfriends really, really trust them with anything uh, of material responsibility, right? And then you got the guys who, you know, you're like, ah, I I can count on that. I can count on this dude being a great wingman. I can count on this guy making sure that I get told, hey, man, we don't even need to do that, right? Like, you need those kind of cats on your team. What you're going to find out here in this game, too, is who you can count on. Because when I tell you this, believe you me, the Milwaukee Bucks are aware. They're not being taken by surprise by this Bulls team after game one especially after what they did to them in a regular season. They beat the Bulls four straight times by a margin of 14 and a half points per game. That's average. First two games, tight, close. All of a sudden, champions pull it out. Last two games, got their asses ran off the court. Obviously, no Lonzo. One of those games, no Lonzo, no Alex. Makes a big difference. I got you. Ain't no Lonzo for the rest of this playoffs. Alex Caruso gutting it out with a bad back. You're going to find out who you can count on in this game, too. And not just for the series. I'm talking about going forward. You're going to find out what Vooch and, and, and DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine can do as a triumvirate, right? Really good individual players. Zach has been good by himself for a couple of years now. Bulls haven't won. DeMar DeRozan, for a decade, has been a damn good player, a Hall of Fame caliber player, if I'm not mistaken. Vooch, been holding down a franchise in Orlando with not great expectations. Every once in a while, they bump into the playoffs. You know it's going to be a quick four or quick five games out of there until you see Vooch at the beginning of the next regular season. But doing it together now, right? If this is what the trio is going to look like, your foundation going forward, game two is going to say a lot about where this team is at or where those three guys are at. Because if DeMar DeRozan, Especially because I think Zach Levine is aware. I think, you know what I've also learned about this team this year? Zach Levine, and this isn't a knock to him, has no problem riding sidecar when somebody else has it going. Right. And I think that's true leadership as well. Right. Like when, when Dwayne Wade welcomed LeBron James to the Miami Heat, he knew it was time for LeBron to be the man, not just on that team, but in the NBA. It was time for him to win championships. And for that to happen, that Dallas series needed to happen. Dwayne Wade needed to take a back seat and say, hey, Bron, we can't bullshit no more, right? You got to be the bad guy. You got to be the dude going out there and tearing people's hearts out, right? It's kind of like when the Yankees had A-Rod and Jeter at the same time. And we all knew A-Rod was a better shortstop than Jeter at that time. But Jeter had to stay at that shortstop position. Made the Yankees' defense worse. It made the Yankees' defense worse. Let's face it, I know Yankees fans are going to kill me for that, but at that time, Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez at the shortstop position, A-Rod was a better shortstop. He had to go to third base. Derek Jeter was the man, still is the man in New York. We're going to find out in game two, because I've been saying all that to say this. We're going to find out who DeMar DeRozan chooses to be the man in close and late situations. Because DeMar DeRozan is handling the ball like a point guard right now. So DeMar DeRozan is deciding who's going to get that shot, how they're going to get that shot, where they're going to get that shot. 
where the defense is going to play him at, how he's going to manipulate the defense. On the defense, is always a MIG, the most important guy. That's the guy that you're trying to manipulate. That's the guy that you're trying to bring up maybe on the defense, maybe get a back cut going. That's the guy in a pick and roll that you're trying to target on a switch, knowing he can't guard you or, or on an isolated situation. The most important guy on the defense is who they're targeting. DeMar DeRozan, if this game is close and late in the fourth quarter on Wednesday, we're going to find out how DeMar feels about not only his teammates, but how he felt about his last game. Sometimes guys try to shoot their, their way out of last game or make up for last game. And I'm, DeMar's been around for 12 years now. This is a grizzled veteran. He's seen these playoff wars. He's seen these battles. I'm not saying like this is nothing new for him. What I am saying, though, is new with these guys. It's new with this team. And going forward, where you at with it? Can you play through Nikola Vucevic? Can you play off the ball? DeMar DeRozan isn't a three-point shooter, so we're not talking about catch-and-shoot opportunities on the corner or the wing or the top of the key. His catch-and-shoot opportunities is mid-range. You ain't catching and shooting anything in mid-range, which is one of the reasons why the mid-range game kind of disappeared. Because it's too easy to close out, especially with the NBA athletes, especially with the NBA length these days. It's too easy to close out in a step and a half, two steps to a mid-range jump shot. Now when you got to close out out of control and race all the way out to the wing or race all the way out to the top of the key or race out to the corner, the game changes a little bit. So if he ain't the kickout guy because you ain't kicking out to a mid-range jump shot, how is DeMar DeRozan going to affect the game outside of going ape shit, just going crazy and scoring 40, 42, 45 points a game? I don't think that's going to happen against this Bucks team. So what we have to see is DeMar DeRozan and Booch and Levine get on the same page in the end game situation against a, a championship caliber defense, right? Like this is the team that I picked to come out the East. So it's not like they're playing against, you know, uh, so, some beat up, so, some, you know, uh, lesser version. Like, no, this is, this is the squad that I think is coming out the East anyway. So they're going to have a tough task no matter what. And what you can't do is not evaluate not dictate, and not execute late-game situations, especially when you've got the matchup, especially when you got the matchup. We'll be watching. Game two is on Wednesday night. We're going to be podding after that game as well. DeMar DeRozan had 18, 8, 6, and 3 on 6 and 25. He knows he's got to be better than that. He even said an impression. Those are shots that I usually hate. The shots that Zach missed. Those are shots he usually hits. So if everything comes back to level, if there is a market cor correction when it comes to the shooting percentages, because if you shoot better, you got to think that the, the Bucs ain't going to miss all the threes that they miss. The Bucs ain't going to miss all the shots that they miss. Problem is, you can't go seven for 36 from the three-point arc if you're the Bulls. Bulls got to figure out a way. And Kobe, shout out to Kobe White, by the way. Third quarter of that game, Kobe White defensively and offensively took control in, in stretches where DeMar DeRozan was on the bench and Zach Levine was being double teamed with that bulky knee. Kobe White played his ass off. Defensively, too. I love it when Kobe White's out there just giving it up defensively. You know, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but you can tell when the effort level is different. You can tell that this team had an emphasis on being more physical, hitting first, doing everything that they needed to do on that end of the floor. It's just offensively, you got to go to the matchup. 
And if DeMar DeRozan is hitting, I got no problem. If DeMar DeRozan is, if we're sitting here talking about DeMar DeRozan going 17 for 25 and the Bulls losing by eight, seven points, hey, man, tip your cap, take it back to the lab, maybe try to find how you could play off of DeMar DeRozan and find other people's shots. What I can't stomach is DeMar going six for 25 and then Vooch not getting those opportunities as well. DeMar had six assists, probably should have had nine. A few shots go down, we're looking at that stat line a little bit differently, and we're probably looking at this game a little bit differently. But those things didn't happen. And the things that needed to happen that might have changed or dictated how this game might have ended up differently didn't happen. So now game two rolls around. Zach Levine gets a couple of days rest on that knee. Alex Caruso gets a couple of days rest. DeMar DeRozan, back to the lab. I'm sure he's out somewhere shooting right now. This is a guy who shot after damn near every game that he shot poorly. DeMar misses more than three or four free throws in the game. He's shooting free throws in the United Center after the games. So I'm sure DeMar is somewhere pouring over his performance tonight. All I know is you should have won the game. Because in the end, you had a, a moment and you woke a team up. But you didn't do it with a loss. They got the win. And now they're going to be prepared. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the full go, In more NBA news, man, I'm so happy the damn playoffs are here, bro. I listen. I, I am in the throes of baseball right now too. Like it's a good rhythm right now. You got basketball that matters. You got the draft coming up here in a week and a half or so. You've got baseball back in full bloom, even if it's brick cold outside here in the Midwest and in some places on the East. But man, playoff basketball is a stage unlike any other in all of professional sport. When you can get a house rocking because of the momentum swings of a basketball game, and, you know, Billy Donovan said it tonight, that the playoff games are usually played in a space of plus or minus 13. So a 26-point margin where teams go up by 13, get down by 13, but you somehow stay within that margin. And you see how pressure affects guys, how pressure affects coaches. Hell, how pressure affects refs. Man, that Minnesota Timberwolves play-in situation, like, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it too much. And all year long, you guys have heard me extol the virtues of one Anthony Edwards. But when Cat Towns goes 
out fouls out of the game with six and has 11 points. And Anthony Edwards says, it's all good. I got this. And then goes face to face, face to face with John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. I know Cat played a better game, right? He, he played his ass off. He actually, I won't say bullied, but he moved Steven Adams around in a way that I didn't think he would, to be honest with you. D'Angelo Russell still trying to find his footing, I think, in these last couple of games. But man, if Anthony Edwards ain't the future, then I don't want to live in it, to be honest with you. That dude, from the moment I touched some draft tape a couple of years ago, pouring over the, the, the you know, the, the top three in James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, whatever three that would be, trying to figure out who the best talent would be. Anytime I watch that dude in Athens play in the SEC for the University of Georgia, I, I, every time I said to myself, oh, man, you know who this dude is? This dude is a more refined, more polished, and probably a, a, a not probably, a, a, a way lighter-hearted uh, Isaiah Ryder. Like, and he's on, he just happens to be playing in Minnesota. But he's got the shot-making ability that Isaiah, in terms of from deep, that he didn't have. But just that, that oomph, right? Just that, that real shit that you watch and you say to yourself, yeah, man, this is it. Like, you know when you're watching it, whether it be baseball, hockey, basketball, football, don't matter. Don't matter. You know when you're watching it. If Anthony Edwards ain't it, then I don't know what it is, and I don't want to be associated with it. That dude goes out, balls out in the first game of the playoffs, talks about the Memphis fans and saying how they got kids out here telling them he sucks and he loves it because it's just basketball. The dude is just undeterred. Right. He is he is not a guy that's going to be phased. He's talked about how he really doesn't even rock with basketball like that. He just does it because he's nice on some camera on shit. <laughs> Shout out to Cam and the Dipset community. But yeah, that's how Anthony Edwards is moving out here. Like the league is in great hands. Jason Tatum gets a spinning layup for a game winner against the Brooklyn Nets. We treat Jason Tatum like he's 34 years old, 33 years old, because we've seemingly been around him since he was eight years old at Duke. But Jason Tatum is under 25. Luka Doncic, under 25. DeAndre Aiden, under 25. Devin Booker, under 25. Anthony Edwards ain't going to be 21 till August. Right? Like, young talent, whether it be the Juan Sotos of the world, <laughs> right? I mean, I remember when Jack Eichel came in uh, into the, uh, to, to the NHL. People were like, all right, this is the next big thing. Right, Austin, was it uh, Austin Matthews for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like certain people come into a league, and you're like, okay, let me see what it is. So I might have to follow it for the entirety of its career. That's what Anthony Edwards is for me, and and he was that for me last year. To be honest with you, too, like just the way he moves, he moves like and and there's still some refinement that is necessary for his game. He's only 20, but just the way he moves, he moves like a dude. You see dudes move through a crowd and you understand, okay, that's the man. And if he ain't the man yet, it's only because he don't know it. That motherfucker knows he's the man. That's what I love about him. He knows he's the man and he moves like it. And Chris Finch is just sitting there looking at him saying, hey, man, whatever you want to do, because I know two years from now you might get me fired. So I'm just trying to stay on the good side of, of Anthony Edwards. 
Anthony Edwards took that team over the other night. That's his team, right? Like, it, what was it? Is, is that your chick famously Jay-Z line? You know, was it Memphis Bleak line? You share that girl? Hey, guess what, Cat? You share that franchise. <laughs> and, and when I say share, it's only because Anthony Edwards wants to. Because going forward, man, there are some phenomenal things that are happening in the league with a lot of really, really good young players. Anthony Edwards is the truth. That's a dude who I'm going to be banking on being box office for the entirety of his career, barring any unforeseen injury. But I'm just so happy that the playoffs are back. Like, I don't need the marketing. I don't need for you to tell me it's 65 games and, and 42 nights or whatever the fuck they used to do back in the day. I don't need any of that. Just just feed me the basketball, right? Feed me Jimmy Butler uh, eyeballing Trey Young for some reason. Like, you don't get no points for that, Jimmy. Like, knock it the fuck off. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> I, I've never understood trying to trying to punk the smaller guy. Like, if anything, that's, that's a no-win situation, right? That's like these dudes who are still running around out here calling, you know, women the B-word. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like, you know, she calls you that back. It's going to look worse for you. So, you know what I mean? Like, so you should just chill. It's like, Jimmy, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you facing up with, with, with Trey Young? Like, that, what's that, what's that going to bring you? Right. And then you get the Pelicans and the Suns and Pelicans. They, by the way, the, the NBA schedule makers did no favors for the Hawks. Like, hey, you were in a super emotional playing game on Friday. Guess what? You're going to have the first playoff game on Sunday. You're going to have the first game on the road at noon. Enjoy yourselves. Try not to lose by 30. And they were like, nah, we'll just lose by 24. And then the Suns go out there and blitz the Pelicans, take care of business. Like, we back. We, we ain't got to worry about, you know, some of these some of these other teams. And I could talk this shit now because I'm a Bulls fan and uh, <laughs> and the Bulls are back. So I can start, start talking about these other teams the way these other teams and other fan bases talk about the Bulls. But yeah, we ain't got to worry about the Lakers and the Kings and the Pacers and the Pistons and the Wizards. Nah, man, it is, it is full go. No pun intended. Like the good starting pitching, right? Like, when we get to the playoffs, the Major League Baseball playoffs, all them dudes have been hitting fours and fives all year long, right? Been eating off those bums at the back of these staffs. All of a sudden, they see those ones and twos. You see a lot of offers show up. You see, you see a lot of one for eights with four strikeouts in the series type of numbers. Not everybody can hit ones and twos. Playoffs, same way. A lot of dudes get points in the, in the regular season. Not everybody can hit the ones and twos. And the ones and twos in playoff basketball, the defense. Not everybody can score on a, on a, on a Giannis-led defense that's set up after a good possession because all the possessions matter. And you got to take the ball out the net. All of a sudden, you're looking at 6'7", Chris Middleton, 6'9", Bobby Portis, 6'11", Giannis Antetokounmpo, 7'1", Brooke Lopez, 6'4", with, with, a, with a 6'10", wingspan, Drew Holiday. Nah, man, this ain't Detroit. It's ain't Indiana. It's the good pitching. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy playoff basketball. I know I will. We're going to be back in this joint on Wednesday for game two, right? Um, I think that is going to be um, a little bit different than tonight's game because I think the attention has been uh, acquired of the young Milwaukee Bucks. If, if you didn't think 
The Bucks gave you their best shot coming out this game because they had a 10-day layoff, whatever the case may be. The guys are rusty. You know, all you're doing is bumping into each other, practicing. You're not really getting that game speed, getting that, in that game sweat in. Yeah, it's coming game two. It's coming game two. And this is the best part about being a fan because now you're going to find out what your team has. You're going to find out what's real and what's not. You're going to find out what all that talk is about that everybody does during the regular season about re-emphasis on, you know, screening and rotations and proper closeouts and, and re-entry to the post and, and, and making sure that your shot profile is, is not dictated by the defense. All that gobbledygook, all that shit goes out the window in the, in the playoffs. Here's your man for the next seven to ten days. You got three guys that you need to know every move on. You got to know their counters as well. Are you going to shut them down? Can you hit ones and twos? And we're seeing playoff stars be born, whether they're 20 years old or whether they're 32, 33 years old, like DeMar DeRozan. I can't wait for game two. And I know y'all can't wait as well. We'll be here on the Full Go podcast. That'll be episode 92, I believe, right? That'll be episode 92 because this is episode 91. I'm doing quick math out here, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, we did this in uh, one shot, right? That's how amped I am about this playoff game. Kind of like the first Bears game, right? First, the very first episode of this Full Go podcast when I was in my son's room sweating like, 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 like Smokey in a chicken coop. I was in that bitch, boys. <laughs> Jesse, you weren't with us, but man, I mean, you were you were alive. I'm not acting like you was dead, but you weren't with us. The, the, the no, I wasn't with group. the show. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, oh shit, what if it? What if we just found out that on Resurrection Day he is actually Jesus Lopez? Huh? He wasn't you know with what? us. I was named after my uncle Jesus. There it is. My mom tweaked it a little bit to Jesse. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Full circle for your ass. For the active Jesus Lopez, <laughs> my main man, Jesse Lopez. I am not God. I am Jason Goff. I am merely Jason Goff. And of course, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Those are the fellas. I'm the person with the microphone. We just kick it three times a week here on this pod. It's all the time we have for episode 91 of the Full Go. You know the voicemail number. 773-359-3103. Use that thing at any point in time during your day, during your night. Doesn't even have to have a question. We'll throw some more questions out during the week. By the way, make sure you're following me on Twitter because that's where we throw out some of these questions for the voicemail. At Jason1Golf. That's at Jason, the numeral one, G-O-F-F. The voicemail number is 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. For the fellas, I'm Golf. Thanking you so much for hanging out with us here on the Full Go Podcast. Thank you for downloading this thing, sharing this thing, rating and reviewing it, um, subscribing to it, of course. Everything that you do for this pod, we truly, truly appreciate you. Uh, as we leave you with this, this is the Full Go Podcast with Jason Golf, brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. I like to tell y'all to take care of each other, but there has been some troubling stuff in the news as of late. So I like to double down on telling y'all to take care of each other. And I'd also like to say rest in peace uh, to one Patrick Leoya uh, and condolences to his family. Um, the heartbreaking execution that we saw on film uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So condolences to his family. Um, thoughts and prayers are with you, even though those can't possibly cover up the pain that that family is feeling. For Jesse and Steve, 
My name is Jason Goff. Thanking you as always for hanging out with us. We'll catch you on Wednesday. That's right, Wednesday. We switched up the schedule a little bit. We'll catch you on Wednesday for episode 92 of the Full Go Podcast. As always, y'all, take care of each other. Peace out.